live and then we'll be regular live. Well, we're live okay. now on Facebook, okay. YouTube, and Twitch currently. On our Twitch. And then once you uh once you do your little sharing there, yep. Grandpa. Yep, the old we'll man takes the longest. The <laughs> takes the longest. Twitch, is that the new thing? Yeah. It's like a gaming thing, but they have other yeah. stuff. Uh, is is Daryl on it? Because I'm looking at it right now and he's not on it. He's not on what? Look. He is on mine. Well, isn't that weird? Right here, I'm looking at it. Uh, well, you got that. You got that bootleg phone. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, in Mexico, in Mexico, our switch just goes backwards, bro. It's you got the uh, you got the, the tangerine iPhone. Oh, no, now he's on it now. You, got, on you need it, the Apple Apple iPhone. You need the Apple iPhone. Oh, it's Apple. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is, man. Uh, oh gosh. Oh, that's funny. All right, let me. I'm almost done. Huh. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but wait a minute. How come we're all like relatively close to the same age, but you and I are the only ones with gray? Uh, yeah. Well, I, no, I, I, gray, the, I just don't let it grow. Is that yeah, the black yeah. don't crack thing? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't let it grow. I just don't let my hair grow. <laughs> It'll grow. If it comes in, it's going to be all gray. I like how Trinity says he's close to our age. When Trinity, you are so <laughs> not close to our age. <laughs> well, you're, how about, what are you, 50? <laughs> what are you, 51 you're, now? You're 10 years younger than me, and I'm like eight years yeah. younger than Daryl, I think, right? Dude, 10 is close. Seven years yeah. younger. Yeah, yeah okay. 10 years is okay. close. Okay, I didn't yeah. say next to you. Tell that, tell that to the cops. You said you, close. Yeah, tell that to cops when you're 20 years old. How old is the girl? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's do the show, man. Let's do the show. Let's run it. All right, let's do it. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> Boom! Hello, everybody. This is Dope and Dharma. I'm the Street Certified Dope Dr. Louis Delgado here with you. And this is the Couch Live edition of Dope and Dharma, which we do each and every Monday right here on WOKB 1680 AM in the Orlando area in 100.7 FM, again, here in the Orlando area. And uh, been doing what? The Couch Live for now, what? 24, this is our 24th year on uh, radio doing this show, helping you with family issues, substance use disorder issues, and all things in between. And, of course, my partner is the Dharma Guy Trinity Phillips. What's up, brother? Hey, hey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing well, actually. You're good. I heard. It's always you, a good day gonna... when Daryl visits. So, all right. Well, you're going to be taking a long trip. This is the best. This is the best part of your day, Trinity, because the rest of the day today, I know your schedule. Uh, I know yeah, your no. schedule. The rest of your day today, you're going to be on I four to Tampa. Yeah. And then Tampa back to Orlando. And that twenty hour journey, which usually can be three hours, is going to be twenty <laughs> hours today. So yeah. Good luck the traffic is going to be horrible, but it's okay. All right. It is what it is. It's for a good cause, you, man. So. Why, why don't you tell everybody how they can hear us, listen to us, follow us, and all that stuff before we uh, introduce our guest? Yeah, as always, on uh, on Monday nights, you can catch us on 100.7 FM, 1680 AM, AM on WOKB Radio. Or uh, if you want to watch and participate and give us your comments, you can do so on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch Live under Dope and Dharma. And if you want to take us on the go and listen to us at your leisure, you can do so on any of your major podcasting platforms under Dope and Dharma. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Some people are, are, are already joining us now. We see Marissa from New York. She's already joining us. Look at that, Daryl. She's look at that. Hi to my favorite guy. See you next week. Daryl is coming, right? Yes. Daryl will be there at the golf tournament. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, anyway, let's let's introduce our guest, Daryl Strawberry. You know him as D Straw. Uh, he's the man. I, although, look, I, I tell him all the time. I got to admit this. Look, I'm a Phillies fan and Pirates number two. So. As you can imagine, this Phillies killer that he was, he was not my favorite person uh, growing up. He just wasn't. But now he's a beautiful man, beautiful human being. <laughs> and uh, Daryl Strawberry, the, the, the world-famous Daryl Strawberry. Four-time four time World Series champion Daryl Strawberry. Right that, brother? What's up, guys? Good to be with you guys, man. Can't wait to get with you guys and play a little golf and have a little yeah. fun. Have a lot of laughs. You know, we have a lot of laughs when we get together, So, right. which Thank is real cool. Now you said you hadn't been golfing lately. What's been I hadn't been golfing, man. I had trigger finger and I had surgery on my finger, so I was kind of out of. So that's what they call that out. trigger finger. That's, that's the trigger they... finger. Well, it's trigger finger. My finger was down like this, stuck down every morning. I wake up like this. Wow. So what had it happen is I had to go in and I had to have surgery. And once they did the surgery, wow, um, I kind of released that, and and now I'm in the place of 
they call rehabilitation rehabbing your finger you know I don't right 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 so I, just I, I, just so everybody knows he not the jaw morant type of trigger finger but the, <laughs> but the actual <laughs> not that yeah, not, not that, that trigger finger it ain't that kind of trigger finger now but uh that, that's unfortunate man so how does it feel now like it, does you can't really move it completely I mean, I can move it better now. You know okay. what happened when I wake up in the morning, it's still stiff. You know, yeah. so I got a long way to go. You know, when you when you get older and you start having injuries, it takes yeah. a long time to recover. <laughs> yeah. But, By the way, happy birthday. Well, thank you. Sixty one, yeah. You just had a sixty first birthday. Sixty first birthday. So, you know, knock on wood. I thank God for it, you know, alive and well. It's a beautiful um, thing. Sober, you know, living living yeah. the real life, you know, and helping the multitude of people, you know, this is what life is really all about. When you get to experience what we have in life, you uh, come yeah. back and you give it back to somebody else. That's right. That's right. What were you going to say, Trinity? You, you well, I, just, I don't think I've ever I've asked him all these years before we get started. Do you still swing a bat at all? Like, do you ever, for good old time's sake, go out there and, and take a couple no. shots or anything? No, not well, at all. Why would, I, why would I waste my time? That's a, that's a fantasy. <laughs> I, 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 I even went to old timers. Yeah, but I even went to old timers, and everybody was trying to get me to swing a bat. I was like, "There's no way I, I will be paying the price physically if yeah. I got out there and tried to swing yeah. a bat and run the bases." And that's yeah. not going to happen. He is not going to let us see that. He is not. He's not. <laughs> you got to. I think. I think the deal is when you're that good, you there's no way you want to ever not have anyone remember that. Like because right. we've all seen that swing. That was a beautiful swing. Matter of fact, if you watch him golf, you because know, them low balls, pitchers thought they can get that sinker or slider down below him, and he would like <laughs> get it off the carpet. Like he was like <laughs> you, you could not sink the ball low enough for Daryl. No, that was one of my favorite. You know, that was one of my favorite uh, pitches to hit. You know, down and in. Yeah, I throw that ball down and in. I remember Nolan Ryan threw me one down and in, and I just golfed it yeah. right down the line for. Yeah. Fair ball stayed in the line, stayed on yeah. right on the line. So that down and in pitch is a good pitch for a left hand hitter. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen you do it many times, Daryl. Like I said, I did not really like it very much. It was, <laughs> but, yeah, it was Philly down in Philly, and yeah, and down to pitch Pittsburgh, of course, against the Pirates. You know, <laughs> they that served was... up they served up a lot of golf balls. You know, yeah, those are supposed to be strikeout pitchers. If for those of you that don't know baseball that's supposed to be a strikeout pitch you know give you some fastball so that you get used to speed and then slow it down with a sinker down that's low what, or whatever well that's what they say that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> it was a suggestion no, i don't know i don't know about it if it's a strikeout well that'll get you some time but majority of the time that that pitch down there would be a great pitch to swing at and hit yeah because yeah. it's right right in there your hands you just take your hands through and you wow. just drop the head on, and you deliver. Yeah, that's a, and you and you were so good, and you had one of the most beautiful swings I've ever seen. That that's a fact, and even that I admired back then. You were still one of my favorite players back then, even though I didn't like what team you're on. Uh, but I but I, I always you know I had your baseball cards. There was for a reason, you know. What I mean, I just, <laughs> who did, you just did. didn't know. You just, just didn't know. I, I didn't know how close we were going to be. No, I didn't. exactly right. That's that's so you know, true. So so so. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. All right. So so what were the years that you played? First of all, I played in the eighties. Eighty three was my first year, and mm -hmm. I played all the way to ninety nine. And mm -hmm. you know, played a lot of lot of good years in the eighties over in Queens. Right. You know, right. for the match, of course, we right. drove down the turnpike a lot down to Philly and mm -hmm. jumped on the plane going over to Pittsburgh to beat on the Pirates and beat on the Phillies. You know? <laughs> You're gonna keep doing so, that. <laughs> I, I always tell people that when I'm speaking down in those areas, Pennsylvania and, and Philly, you know, I said, I know you guys don't like me. I'm here. I know I used to beat up on your Phillies and, and your Pirates, you know. <laughs> it's but, so true. It's yeah, so, so true. They get a big laugh at it. So, you know, when I go to different places, I always remind them, you know, I was a I was a uh, Cardinal killer. You know, I live in St. Louis. I always yep. tell them I was a Cardinal yep. killer, you know. So, yep. So, but, you know, I had fun. I had fun playing Major League Baseball. Don't get me wrong. It was a right. lot of fun back in the 80s. The 80s were different. Yeah. And, you know, it was a wild time, and we enjoyed ourselves not only on the field but off the field. Or right. Maybe a little too much off the field, but that's life. You know, when, you, when you're when growing up, yeah, you don't ever think it's going to end. You know, and I think a lot of us don't ever think, you know, life like it is is going to end. You're having so much fun. You know, but everything right. comes to an end. And there comes a time where baseball is going to be over. And then who are you? What's the mm -hmm. next step in your life? You know, and I think a lot of guys never could cross over and take that uniform off. I was just a guy that 
had that uniform on for so long and I had my identity and that when I played baseball, but right. you know, once and once I stepped off and, and realized that, you know, I had to uh, change life and change the course of life. Then I realized that I had to step into a new calling and to be different, right. uh, uh, to be able to, you know, go back and help so many other people. That's what I kind of want to get into, you know, like, cause you know, there's not a lot of conversation that I know of, at least, especially back then in relation to life after sport. Right. So I don't know if agents talk about that with their athletes. Uh, you know, did you have the same agent throughout or did you have a high profile agent right from the beginning or how did that work out? Yeah, I had a high profile agent from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Most right. of the time, most of the times agents are not going to talk about life after baseball because who knows what life is supposed right. to be. Right. Besides putting on a uniform at the right. time you're putting on a uniform and you're playing for, you know, a great city. Right. And the expectations from that city is you to play well and do well. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it was for us in the 80s. You know, you think about it. When I got there in 83, we were a terrible team. We were a last place team. Mm-hmm. Then 84, David Johnson comes in to be the manager. He takes over. Doc mm-hmm. Gooden comes in. He's 19 years old, phenom pitcher. And we got Hernandez. And then 85, we get Carter. So the mm-hmm. team started to change into something totally different, you know, and the expectations was a lot bigger. You know, right. when you put put those kind of players on the field. Right. And and there it was trying to live up to those expectations. You know, we fell short. I, I tell people all the time, 1985 was a great year for the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. We won 98 games, but we lost the div- division to the Cardinals. It right. was no, there was no wild card. There was no three-team three, three team playoff, you know, that you get right. in. You win, you win 98 ball games, you're going home. You got to win that, you got to win the division. And right. we didn't that year, and the Cardinals did, so. Uh, that just tells you how different baseball is from then right. and now. You know, you can get three teams coming out of the same division. Last year, the uh, the Mets and the uh, Braves and Philly came right. out of the right. came out of the East, and Philly goes to the World Series. So it just shows you Finally. anything can happen. <laughs> it's been a, it was a long time for them, right? Yeah, they, last year last year was a beautiful year, but they made it. You know, and then they go they go on to improve their team even better coming into this season. So. Right. You know, baseball is a game of, you know, opportunities now, and you know right. you got a chance to win. So it, right. across the board, all you have to do is put a good team on the field. You right. know, I think in those years of the 80s, we put great teams on the field, and we had great competition in the National League East back in those days, too. Right. You know, my original desire uh, when I got involved in psychology, when I went to school and studied to be, you know, a counselor and therapist and all that stuff, my original desire was sports psychology for baseball. You know, at that time in those those 80s, uh, coming into the 90s, um, there were just several Latino players that were coming in and becoming something. And so I knew that when you get a lot of money and fame and you come from poverty, these guys were going to, I thought, get into some trouble if, if they didn't have some guidance. So that was one of my original intent is to work with Major League Baseball, work with athletes that didn't come from a lot and then needed to know how to transition to the American lifestyle with money. Um, that was my original intent. Uh, well, there, there's, there's no schools for that. You know, no. you, you think, you think about the eighties, there's no, there was no places set up for that, you know, to be able to educate young athletes about those type of things. I think right. now, you know, you have more, more education about it. And I think guys are more careful about who they are because of the difference of, um, the times we're living in. We live in the so- social media driven time. So right. when you, when you think about it, you, you, you don't want to be caught up in anything you don't want nobody to be videoing you filming you at places where you're not supposed to be so we didn't have that in the 80s we didn't have to worry about that so can you imagine (laughs) plus now you have the name image name image and likeness getting paid now in college too so yeah 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 everybody's everybody's such a brand you know back in the days everybody wasn't a brand it was only the star players that was a brand you know and they were branded by the team but now players have branded themselves you know with their own social media platforms and you know that's how they get the recognition of who they are and everything right. and so it's a it's a business more than anything now and it's an opportunity yeah. for them to be successful uh, but at the same time i can tell you this no matter what time it is from the 80s to these years uh you're still going to find athletes that are still gonna you know push the envelope you know and right. and, and, and and take the chance of doing Something crazy and something crazy will happen. You know, they right. will do something crazy and and they will pay a price for it because they do have social media and they have every outlet that see what they do. 
You know, Trinity and I just did a show not too long ago based on, you know, when athletes get in trouble and stars get in trouble and, and people, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that, that are like, well, if I was in that situation, I had all that money, I would never do something so stupid and stuff like that. And, and, and we try to, I guess, talk about it to educate people that, I mean, they're still just people, man. I mean, just That's, people. Yeah. people. And the, the difference is you have a lot of hangers on and, and there's a lot of cameras. I mean, everybody has a camera. I mean, can you imagine well, if you had a camera, uh, Daryl, at some of the, the the festivities that you enjoyed back then? Well, you get in trouble. You get in trouble when you're not even famous, you know. So, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's everybody everybody gets into a place where they have done something stupid, and yeah. it's just just the way it is. You know, we right. live with it. You yeah. learn to live with it, and and you move on from it. You know, we're gonna make mistakes. This life right. is full of mistakes, and everybody no no one's gonna come here and be perfect. If someone tell you they're perfect, right. you need to take off running. Well, not only like that, but like it's easy for the for the dude who's working as like a cashier at Walmart to to talk about you know his, his not doing certain things. You don't have the options that somebody does right. who's walking around with millions right. in the bank and, and famous. Their options are a little bit you know more extravagant yeah. than your options. You make a, you make a good point there, Trinity, because that, that that's that's so real in today's society, and and the average person who is struggling too uh, may become totally opposite of what an athlete or someone in an entertainment business could be able to do because they know they can fix their situation, you know, because they're going home, you know, they got to communicate. But you talk about the average person, they they don't think that way. They, they usually commit suicide or they commit a, a crime, you know, a hate crime or yeah. something like that going into a place because they're frustrated with life and everything because of the challenges that are so different. And they have the same, they have the same struggle as, as a person who is famous, but you can go behind your gate and you can go call a doctor to help you uh, work through some things. And the average person really don't have that. So, you know, society is, society is really different than it's ever been now, you know, and the challenges are so more real for people who, who are struggling, just an average person. Cause like I said, you find an athlete, he does something stupid. What they gonna slap a penalty on him. You know, he's going to get a fine. He's going to be right. suspended or something like that, but he'll be back. He'll be back to work. Right. Right. Now the, um, like the, I was joking about the John Morant thing earlier and stuff like that. You know, there's, you, you see the comments that people make on that, you know, uh, some people are, are not as forgiving as others. And some people say a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you know, um, he's just a kid. He's, he's very, he's very much a kid. I mean, yeah. it, like, what is he like? 21? How old is he? Uh, young. Yeah, he's like early twenty. And, and then I think back Daryl to like how young you were. Like you, you were an all-star like from high school. You know what I mean? You, you were, you did, were you ever not supposed to be great? I mean, like when you played, when you first started playing baseball, were you not already the biggest, baddest kid on the field? I, that I was it, you know. They made me that kid from day one, know, right? From, from, day, from one. day one, you know. And you had to, you kind of had to wear that, you know. You're gonna be the next this and next right. that. And what if, what if you didn't live up to your own expectations, not other people's expectations? Right. Yeah, I think a lot of times people don't understand. Great athletes live up to their own expectations because mm -hmm. what great athletes do is they they're working hard while everybody else is sleeping and still under the covers and don't want to come out of bed. Athletes are up early in the morning. They go on to get it. You know, the great ones, the yeah. average ones won't yeah. do that. But, you know, but most of the guys that won't know that they have this ability to play and they want to make something out of it and they want to be great at what they're doing, they're going to be out there working. Uh-oh. Oh, I think we just lost uh -oh. him. Uh, you know, his phone's probably ringing. That's my best guess. Because oh. he's on his phone, I believe. So. That's right. Um, But no, well, when, yeah, my, the, when my phone does that, I have to, like, re-call in. You might have to do that if you. Yeah, oh, he's back. He he's back. He's uh, back. Back, yeah. We we lost that end part. Can you repeat that last part? I was saying that's why a guy like Kobe Bryant was so good, you know, because why everybody else was, you know, sleeping, he was out shooting extra buckets, you know, over and over yeah. and over to become the best, to become the clutch, you know, become like Jordan was, you know, he wasn't right. one of those guys saying, "Well, I got this talent." You know, a lot of guys have talent, but can you take yourself to that next level and you know, I always knew that when I was growing up as a young athlete, I knew I had this ability to play sports. So I wanted to be the best at it. So I had to make myself the best at what I was doing. Right, right. Trinity, you had a question? No, no, I was just listening. Oh, I thought when he went away, I thought you started to say something. So I thought oh, maybe no. it was a question or something. <laughs> you know, well, again, I, I think, you know, what interested me was the off uh, – you know, the after play or the not play. You know what I mean? Because I, I do get concerned – 
because uh, I'm one of those guys that get real excited when I see somebody live out their dreams. Like when I when I watch you in a World Series and then win it, you know, when you're excited, I get excited for you because I think about it as a little kid, you know, in your room, you know, you're playing around like you're like you're hitting in the ninth, you know, bottom of the ninth, two outs, and then you hit a grand slam, you know, like every, every little kid that's ever played baseball imagines a scenario like that. Every kid that's ever played, you know, played football imagines a scenario where, you know, they win in the, in, the, in overtime or something like that. Um, and so I get excited for you. Um, and then I always think, though, like how but how can i support you when it's over and and the lights are off because i you know our good friend lesky said it best one time you know curtis Laskanik uh won a world series with the boston red sox uh in in 2004 you you met him at our golf tournament as well uh, and he's always there at our golf tournament but but he said it best he goes i'd be a, a star out there I'd go, I'd go out there on the road and, I, and i'm somebody and then i come home and my wife is like take out the trash you know it's like you're like a regular <laughs> joe like it, it and, and I always think that's got to be difficult. Like that's a difficult transition. And then, so when the career's over, not everybody's a Daryl Strawberry, you know? So, so the Daryl Strawberries of the world, the Michael Jordans of the world, is, I mean, we're talking about the, the elite, the A-list players, but there's a lot of B, C, D-list players, right? And, and so uh, there's a lot of guys that struggle with a lot of habits from the road. Let's, let's call some of these habits because something, not everything is addiction. There's some people just have bad habits that they've developed on the road. And I'm, and I'm still noticing that because I, I've still worked with some major league baseball players that are still either active or no longer can be active. And, and there's a lot of habits that I hear about on the road that are still happening today that I'm like, man, haven't we learned? I mean, haven't we learned enough to, to, to help protect some of these young guys that don't know where that may lead? Well, I, I think the best teacher is, is, is learning from your own mistakes, you know, because we all going to make mistakes and we all going to fall short. You know, if we try to make this life as is going to be perfect, then we're in trouble. And we try to pretend like we're going to live this perfect life and we have no flaws. Uh, then we're lying to ourselves. So I, I think a lot of guys that don't learn from their mistakes, they just continue to make the same mistakes and continue to do the same things and continue to be the same person. You have to you have to really be disciplined to play baseball or to play any sport. But then you also have to make that transition to be very disciplined when you move on in life. And if you're not disciplined, you still think, well, I'm still thinking that I'm wearing the uniform. Daryl Strawberry don't wear the uniform anymore. You know, a lot of players, a lot of players still wear the uniform and they haven't hung the uniform up. That guy is over. Mm. You know, he's no longer there. Yeah, you used to be. And that was part of what you used to do. But who are you today? How do you move forward in life? What do you become in life? How do you take on from the mistakes you made and the challenges that you had in life? Now, how do you take those mistakes and correct them and become better at what you do to help somebody else? And a lot of players don't do that. They don't they don't realize that they can but they have to be sincere to themselves and say that, you know, I had some shortcomings and I can't no longer live like this and not allow myself to be in the uniform and to be the person that I am today. And your life can be good. I mean, there's opportunities. There's always going to be opportunities out there for you. You know, someone that has been successful. It doesn't mean you have to be an A player. If you was a B, C player, you still have opportunities in life to give back, but you have to, you have to come from off of the road. You can't still be that same player. You know, you're still sitting there and you're still at the point when we're drinking and partying. You're still right. drinking and partying and talking about uh, if I could have, should have, would have. Well, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. You know, it's, it's, you're going to have to change something about yourself. Yeah. And I, I think that was the difference in me is realizing that I needed right. to change. Hmm. I needed to change the behavior of who I was. So, uh, real quick, how hard is that, right? Like, does anything outside of the sports arena come close to that feeling? Because I got to imagine that it's got to be an amazing feeling, dude, to go and, and, you know, slog through the season, you know, beat all the other teams. And at the end, you know, you're looking around at 100,000 fans, they're cheering, and you know, you just won the world. Like, you're it. That's it. You've reached the top. Does anything in life come even close to that, realistically speaking? I mean, how hard is that to like? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's very difficult to let go of. But if you don't let go of it, you're gonna lose everything that you love. Yeah. And you know that's that's just the reality of it. You know, sports is a game, and it's a game to be played. And you're gonna somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose, somebody's gonna 
um, have more success than the next person, but you cannot identify yourself as someone else. You have to be able to identify yourself as who you are. I look at me and I thank God for it, that I, I was very successful at what I did. So once I realized that I needed to step into a new life, I allowed myself to really come back to what life is all about. What is life all about at the end of the day? It's about your faith. It's about family. And it's about your kids. It's not about everything else. If you continue to, you know, run after everything else, you're going to miss the most important thing. I didn't, I didn't want to miss out anymore. I missed out on enough when I was playing Major League Baseball all those years. I missed out what it is to be a good husband, family, and, and, and raising your kids. I, so, you know, I stepped into life and I didn't want to miss out on that important part of life. And I think so many guys will miss out on really what's important and they'll lose their family behind sports. You know, that's just the way it is. Right. You know, I say it all the time. Guys will lose. I, I, I spoke yesterday and I mean, yesterday or so in, in, in the event, and I was talking about the fact that out of a hundred percent from people that play professional sports and in the entertainment business, 95% of the male will lose his family because he doesn't wow. know how to walk away. He does not know how to walk away from it. So mm. there's a 5% that will stay together with their family, but 95% mm. will lose lose their family. And when you lose your family, then you lose a lot inside of yourself. Mm. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a good transition right there because, you know, I just saw that I think your daughter just got engaged, right? One of your daughters just got yes, engaged. That's, my daughter, that's a beautiful Diamond. thing. Can you imagine, Trinity, that you get engaged with this female and all of a sudden you get to meet her dad and it's Daryl? <laughs> No, uh, it's, you know, he's like, it'd be horrible. Like, How do you live up to that? <laughs> I mean, they, it's yeah. not about living up to it, you know. I'm just a dad, you know. It's, yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, see, see no, I took it not. a different direction. I was looking at it like, all right, if I have a son and and, and he just can't even run, you know, I'm gonna feel really weird. I'm like, what happened to my genetics? My- <laughs> that son better be able to swing a bat. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I want to go to the all right. So, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, one of the things that seems to frustrate him a lot. I mean, we all know he's a great soccer player. I don't know how he is as a person, but he's a great soccer player, right? Uh, he's an entertaining person. And and he gets frustrated that the young people on his team don't ask him questions like mentorship. They don't they don't come to him for mentorship. They don't they don't try to use his his veteran status to benefit them at all. He, f- he feels like this new generation of athlete feels like they already got it. They already know it. And there's nothing that the older people can provide. So so the question to you is, you know, when you go around, because I saw you in a uniform the other day. I thought you were going I see. I thought you were going bat that day. I saw you in a Mets uniform the other day. You, you were at spring training. You were at spring training, though, in a new uniform. You still look good in a damn uniform. I don't know how you still look good in a uniform, by the way, but but you do. Um, so 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 do do younger players uh, tend to come to you and ask you for any kind of feedback or advice, knowing that you've gone through a lot in this sport, that you've been around a long time. You you get it. You know it. Do they ask you? Um, not really. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a different time. It's a different generation. It really um, is. It's so yeah. weird. They they live through social media. They live through internet. They live through wow. ideas ideas from there. They rather figure out the ideas from there. Or what's what? I, I don't think they. I don't think it's no disrespect, you know, for them, and they they, they don't have to. Yeah, they don't have any disrespect against a, a, a player that's been successful. Right. They respect you. They know you have done this, and I think it's just their time, you know. And I think some of the Older guys, we have to realize that you have to get out of the way. And I think that's why I'm not around baseball. But if you're around the sport, uh, whatever it, it may be, soccer, football, you you feel like, you know, they should come to you. and But that's not going to happen. You know, like I said, they they have so many different other outlets, you know, to go and, and study, you know, video, this and that, and uh, all different type of things that we didn't have about themselves. So, you know, it, it is what it is. And you have to learn as a a guy that's celebrated, been celebrated, and you celebrated championships and understand mm-hmm. winning is hard and you know it's not easy and you know it's just a window of time. You would think young players would ask you about that. But some some of the young players in spring training was asking me, what was it like, you know, and how did you guys know and get to the next level? Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I sat, sat down and talked with Peter Alonso a little bit and he was asking me questions about that. You know, what was it, what was it like from – 85 and going into 86 and how did you guys just know you were going to win? We just knew that we were a different team from day one of spring mm-hmm. training because we all were there and we rallied together and, 
and the manager said, we're going to win it all. We just kind of looked around thought to ourselves, yeah, this is our year to win it all because we came right. short. We came up short two years in a row, 84 and 85, and we right. knew going into 86 that we had a good enough team to win. We knew that we was not going to let anybody put their foot on our neck anymore. We was going to mm -hmm. make sure that we hammered, hammered them, hammered it home against those teams that had put their foot on our neck the previous years. Right. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't know if we think that way, Daryl, because we're now the older people and maybe it was always like that. Maybe we did the same thing. Maybe we didn't look at older people. Maybe we didn't uh, ask the generation before us any questions or something like that. You know, maybe we just did the same thing. Maybe we're just viewing this like this because we're the older ones now. And we realize, man, young people feel like they have it all. But I've heard that from, all, you know, various athletes. And when I heard Ronaldo say it, you know, I was like, man, if I'd play on a team with like Ronaldo now, I mean, with all he's done and you don't, you know, grab something from the guy. I well, just find that hard to believe. Well, I know it's hard to believe, but you know what? You know what they do is they actually uh, pay attention to the guys uh, that they played against more than anything. Okay. Um, they And they see the guys that are are just on their way out mm -hmm. of the game that have been very successful and mm -hmm. That, that's the standard that they look at. You know, I, I think growing up, uh, the standard we had, you know, when I was growing up, you wanted to be like Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle. You want, you know, he mm -hmm. was a player and he was a real baseball player. You saw the way he played the game. He hustled and played the game, mm -hmm. you know, but after his time gone, you got there, you became that. And you looked, looked among the players that you played with. Then I looked at the young, among the younger players that were coming after me. I looked at Barry Bonds when I saw him oh. at a young age. I saw him coming and I knew he was going to be like the next, you know what? Because mm -hmm. you could see it that you could see it at the age of 23, 24 years old that yes. he had the ability, to, you know, to do all kind of things on the baseball field. So you recognize that, and players recognize that, and your players recognize the history, you know, mm -hmm. of 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 guys like myself. You know, going to the match camp or quite sure a lot of the young players don't know who I am. You know, but when they walk around the clubhouse, you know, and and, and the, you can still see pictures of me that is up there. So that just shows the history. Yeah. You know, of this organization, you you played a big part of this organization. So they know from that standpoint, but they don't know from the playing standpoint because they never right. saw it. Now, you you brought a big name up there when you said Pete Rose. I was going to ask you, who were there any players that, that that you had crossed paths with that you wish that you could have maybe talked to a little bit, a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I was, it was like, I mean, I talked to guys like Mike Smith. You know, I remember him pulling me that, over. That's and, one of my favorites right there, brother. Yeah. You mentioned Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty, I remember him pulling me over in, in the dugout at Shea one day. And, you know, when it was, you know, we were taking BP and he was just talking to me and telling me, you got a chance to be one of the most exciting young players in home run cities in baseball wow. that he's seen, seen in a very long time, you know, so. That was really cool, but he said, I know it's very difficult playing here in New York. You know, he goes, I played in Philly for a long time, and it was very difficult to play there, and you just got to really stay focused, you know, because I know it's hard with all the distractions that's around you in, in big cities. Right. That's that's awesome. And, and so, in talking about people like Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose, uh, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame is one of the most, in baseball, to me, seems to like to be one of the most elusive things in any other compared to other sports it's like if you miss that opportunity to go in the hall of fame it's like is it so what is it like if you don't get in the hall of fame when you're up is it, and you don't get a certain amount of votes you never can be up for hall of fame again is that is that the never. rule that's the rule it's over done so like it's stupid. done for it's done for guys like bonds and clemens you know they went to the committee and they didn't vote them in and, and that's it's they could never get in that's so dumb that is that is, I, I don't get it i just don't understand that rule because I, I, I think that that even happened to johnny damon as well right johnny damon didn't get the percentage of rope vote so he'll never be able to get in i mean and yeah. i'm just looking at some of these players and going like how can you never ever be up for hall of fame you know again i just don't get well, it well they just have a certain certain way of doing things you know and and major league baseball and you know different writers come from different times you know writers from the old days voted a lot of the other players in and then you have this new generation of writers who who look at the history or what what players, the time of players playing and what happened? You know the steroids were big and at that time and you yeah. know a lot of a lot of people hold that over a lot of players' heads. You know, right, right. That Man. bothers me though. It, it bothers me only because steroids or not, you still have to have the talent and the skill and the work ethic. You can't just take steroids and sit at home on the couch. Like it doesn't work that way. And then sure. the other thing that bothers me is admittedly like self-admittedly many many players from going all the way back to babes days 
were using other substances. Like what course? So this, this concept right. that prior to steroids, everybody was picking one substance. Not, yeah, yeah. Like well, well, they act like every everybody everybody that's played baseball has done something. Something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you took you took greenies and you took amphetamines. You you you've done something. You drank right. juice. Right. They, they've all they've all done something because it was a different time of doing right. what was there. You know, drugs has always been a part of sports and always will be. You know, you still yep. see players today get suspended. Yeah. You know, because they can't stay away from it. Well, they sure don't test so, them for I, marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're on the subject, just real quick, what are your thoughts on that? Like, why why do you think that they've essentially ignored everything else and focused so heavily on steroids. I I just think because of the time, the timing of it and what was happening, you know, home runs, you know, were yeah. were big. You know, the numbers were big, you know, and it was come on, when you're hitting seventy eight I mean, I led the league in nineteen eighty eight with thirty nine home runs hitting natural. Okay. Now you think of all the other fly balls that I hit had I been on steroids and leading the league at 39, you think of right. all the other, you think of all the 40 fly balls that I hit would have been mm-hmm. out of the ballpark, the extra 40. So you, you can add to that, you know, and that's how that number gets big, you know, because it, a lot of routine fly balls are fly balls that just really keep going and carrying because right. you're so strong. You're a lot stronger. Um, it played a big part of, you know, a lot of guys, you know, that weren't home run hitters. I'm not talking about the guys that were legitimate home run hitters. I'm talking right. about the guys that was not home run hitters. You know, dropping fifty. You know, come on, that the center fielder hit thirteen before one year, and in Baltimore and next year he hits fifty. So <laughs> man, that, that, that's that's a big number. That's a big jump. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. And in Trinity, you got to put yourself in the eighties a little bit when it all happened. Uh, at the end of the eighties, you're talking about it wasn't just Mark McGuire. If it was just Mark McGuire, that'd be different. But it was Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa. When you you had multiple players hitting. You know, baseball is very traditional, very historical. The pitchers were on it too, though. They, yeah, they but, but, but well. I know. But but one of the biggest problems is it started beating records of people they look at as iconic. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. allowed to touch right. some of these iconic people. You know, you yeah, can never so come on. Right, sixty home runs is sixty. That's a lot of home runs. Yeah, you know, yeah. For, you're not for you're, for a guy yeah. that never you know really actually hit thirty consistently. You right, know? right. Barry Bonds was natural. You know, right. he was a natural right. home run hitter. Yeah. Mark McGuire was a natural home run hitter right. when he started off. I mean, he hit, hit forty nine in his rookie year. You think about it, he was on his way to being a natural right. home run hitter. Right, but you you know you get caught up. You, you get, get caught, caught up. up. You get yeah. caught up, man. I mean, look, Conseco was just good no matter what. I mean, look. You know, I still like him. I mean, he may have opened his mouth and said some things, but I mean, but he was an outstanding ball player. You know, I don't care what anybody say about him. Yep. He was a, he was an outstanding uh, home run hitter, base stealer. You know, he was an outstanding Amen. ball player. You know, yeah, you thirty for thirty you guy. You can't take that away from yeah. him. You know, and yeah. that's what people don't understand. I think he right. was the first forty forty guy. You know, because no, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think he did forty forty. You're right. You know, and that's and that's a big deal when you can steal bases and hit home runs. Most people don't know that they don't they don't have a clue. The players they don't even know that. You know, they think, well, I'm just a natural home run hitter. Right. But right. you know, you had we had guys in our days where we were right. going thirty for thirty. You know, and and right. no players do that today. So you don't you hardly even see that in right. the game anymore. Right. So nobody runs. So right, <laughs> I hear stolen bases. I can't help it. I think Ricky Henderson. Like that's the oh, he's, he's that's a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there was well, Ricky somebody. Was the greatest. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky was faster. Oh my God, bro. Yeah. See, see, he played American League, and I like I like the Texas Rangers because they had the Latinos, right? They had that. They had Pudge. They had uh, Rodriguez. Uh, they had uh, Juan, Juan Gonzalez. Gonzalez. They had Gonzalez. Yeah. They had Conseco. Uh, so I, the the Rangers were my team on the American League, like that. And boy, Ricky Henderson was just. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. He, he dead crazy yeah. fast but it, but it, go, going back to to some of this all right so now baseball's over we know you i know you very differently we've we've, we've worked together trying to save lives and, and working to save lives uh in, in you know the reason to you know we're talking today we got a golf tournament coming up april 3rd where you continuously even though you don't live here in orlando anymore dude i can't even tell you how blessed i feel that you still come back to orlando to come to this golf tournament with us and for us uh, every year that means the world to me I, I mean i can't even explain to you how grateful i am to you that that, that uh when you told me when you were leaving because i said i can't believe you're moving you go i'll be back i'll be back and i was like oh we'll see but you have you have yeah. so i want to talk about the daryl after 
baseball because in a time where we're look you again you're not a b or c list baseball player and for those of you that are listening right now and you don't know you 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 should because this this is an a-lister and and, and for an a-lister not to be making money like talking on espn or not or not being you know uh, calling sports somewhere else or not doing some other thing within baseball like you said you're not doing things within baseball uh right uh, instead you go speak at churches you do public speaking you write books you're out there you know, promoting the vision and the word of God as you understand God. And, and, and so that to me is, is tremendously honorable. The fact that, that, that you do what's what you feel is the right thing for you to do rather than chasing the easy money. You know? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, well, I, I just have a higher calling on my life mm-hmm. and I think it had to do more than just, you know, playing baseball and, and being in, Mm-hmm. A tele- being in a booth and, and talking right. about sports and being on you know TV shows and talking about sports, you know, like the ESPN talk shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I got a mm-hmm. great knowledge about all that. But I just think my calling was higher. My my calling was about people. You know, mm-hmm. sports is just a game. You know, people get on television to talk about people and talk about how good they are and how bad they are or whatever they are. Uh, but when you look at people and you think of the importance of lives of people, um, that's important, you know, at the end of the day, you know, no matter what they've been through. And we must never forget about that, you know, and that's why we do what we do. That's why I'm here, because you guys do the same thing. You see people, you you see hurting people, you see people struggling. I come from addiction, you know, so I know what addiction is. I know the struggle. I know, uh, I know it's life or death. You know, it's no in between. You're either going to live or you're going to die. Are you going to, you either you're going to get well, you're going to get sober and, and, and you're going to live a sober life and you're going to go back and, and pay it back, you know, uh, to be able to help somebody else uh, get what you got. I mean, we didn't, we didn't freely get it. We had to work for it, you know, it's a, and we have to teach people how to work for this. And, and when they work for it, they appreciate it more. They appreciate being on the other side of, of life. But when they're in the midst of it, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a real battle, you know, and, and for the grace of God, they go I. Every person that OD and die, for the grace of God, they go I. You know, so I must never forget that because they go I. I, I that could have been me, but since it was not me, that means we need to go back and and try to help as many as we can and show them that recovery is possible. You can live a life without any. Uh, drinking and drugging you don't have to pick up as long as you don't pick up there's a new day that's coming and we have to be able to show people that right well well you know there's a lot of people right now listening on wokb 1680 am uh radio station here in orlando 100.7 fm and and they may have a family member a loved one that they're struggling with you know they're kind of mad at you know they're they're saying i, I wish he'd get his act together i wish she'd stop you know i wish she she would think more about her kids and blah 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 can you speak to them a little bit about yeah you know, a lot of times you always say you got to love them where they're at and stuff like that so can you speak yeah you, you don't have to tolerate the behavior and everything and i understand but being at, mad at them but you got to learn to love them through that process because they need people to love them through if it wasn't for people loving me through the process i wouldn't be sitting here today Believe me, you know, I'm not just sitting here and I'm a saint now, you know, people think that. No, my life was a, my life was in turmoil. I was in places that you could never imagine. I was shooting dope, smoking crack. My wife, Tracy, was banging on doors, pulling me out of places. My friend, Ron Doc, was pulling me out of places and coming to get me. And these are people that were in recovery and they knew that they needed to love me until I could love myself. And and I'm grateful for that. And I, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, I know we make people sick, but we're very sick too when we're in the midst of addiction. And, you know, there's, there's only, the only hope is, is people that have the experience that have been through this, that have walked through this, helping another addict, alcoholic, uh, get into a place where they could be successful and sustain themselves in recovery. That's the importance of it. You know, it's, it's people helping people. Don't ever forget we're people and people have issues and people are hurting, people are broken. We don't know what happens to people. They, people think, well, everybody comes from a good situation. Let me tell people, stop. There's no white picket fence. We named, there ain't no folks living behind a white picket fence and have it all together. We've been saying this for many years. Well, they family have it all together because they suburban people suburban kids are ODing and dying like crazy and, and everybody think they have it all together because they have money money does not fix the situation it helps to get them to places to get help but it does not fix the situation it takes people 
to help people get well. Mm. Those are all great messages. Trinity, do you have anything? We're running down, uh, down on some minutes, Trinity, and I want to make sure that you get some time to maybe ask a question or two that you had in your head. No, just more of a statement, man. I just, you know, I always say this every time, and, and it's because I'm reminded every time we hang out mm. with him and see him. Um, you know, my knowledge of him as a player, or of you as a player, I'll talk to you. I was going to say, he's right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I remember, you know, you stopped playing in 99. That's when I graduated. So, I mean, I, I was familiar with who you were. Um, I wasn't, like, terribly into baseball enough to where I knew, like, the major names, and you were one of the names I knew. Um, I also remember the the fall from grace. Like, I remember the troubled times and stuff. I remember hearing all that. Um, and so, if I'm honest, I had my own opinions of who 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 you are um to an extent right I, I give everybody a certain amount of grace if i don't know them but I, I couldn't help but to hear everything that the good and the bad and so when we met you i didn't really know what to think um you know i met you it was cool you came into a golf tournament at first i didn't know what to expect and i was just like okay you know he's here but over the years man like you really are about it <laughs> like i can't be any more impressed with somebody who really is walking a walk because as he said you have every opportunity, even now, as many years as later as it is, I guarantee you there's offers out there for you to go talk baseball somewhere, to go out there and get in the booth and completely ignore and just go out and make money. Go out, make money, get your fame back, and get back on, on top. But you, you'd rather help like save lives. And that right there I, I, is, uh, is truly honorable, man. It really, really, really is. I, I am very grateful to have met you. I'm very grateful to know you. Um, I love the turnaround. I love, I love the story and to see where it's ending now. Like if that doesn't inspire hope in somebody out there right now that you can turn things around, I don't know what will. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know what? I, I just thought, you know, I, we meet a lot of people in this life and on this journey. And, and I know, you know, cause I got a discerning spirit about people and I just knew you guys had the heart and and knew you guys were real about what you were talking about because a lot of people are talking about it and they're in it for one thing but mm. if you if we're, if we're not in it to help then we don't need to be in it mm. you know uh, I, I mean i know i know we all got to make a living i do too and what i do right. but at some point at some point we got to be in this world we got to say you know what we need to help people mm. you know because you know if, we, if, if if it's not for like people like us that stand up to, to help and and you guys do a great job with that. And, and Louis, you do a great job with all uh, gathering all the people together that have Thank treatment you. centers and get them to understand, you know, giving a bed is giving a bed. That's you're saving a life. You, you may save a life, you know, yep. it ain't okay. I know you got a business to run and everything, but you always point people that I need, I need you guys to be able to see this side of it too, that we need to be able to scholarship somebody sometime. And we need mm -hmm. to be able to help people at times too. You're going to, you, of course you got to run a business and operate. We understand that we get all that. But at the same time, we need to, we need to, if we're going to, if we're going to talk about it, we need to be about it. Hmm. I love that, man. Thank you so very much for that. And, and I, and, and by the way, I, w I wouldn't fault you at all if you go chase some of that money. <laughs> get that money while you can. So I've, I've been, I've been there. I've, listen, I've been there and done that. Okay. And I, I know, I, I know that's, I know we need to live and eat, but I tell you what, God, God does not shorten my life in any way for doing his work uh, amen to you know, that amen so, to that. so I'm, I'm grateful for the you know i'm grateful for the grace that's been extended yes. to me when you understand the grace you know and i tell people all the time you what is this about me it's the grace that none of us deserve but he gives exactly. it to us anyway so guess what i need to go back and give somebody else that grace because yeah. it was extended to me uh, yeah, and, I, and and i love you every day for it man and and again uh, i can't thank you enough for who you are to me personally and who you are to us i mean uh, anyone that, that doesn't know, I mean, when I was about a year and a half ago, when I was, uh, about to go through surgery, you know, it was a prayer that, that, you know, Daryl, when you did that prayer for me, uh, right before going into surgery, I can't tell you, I mean, I was just crying like a baby, man. And, and, you know, that's not, that's not me today, you know? So that was, yeah. I was, that was good to feel. I felt it. And, and, and I felt the love and I felt the compassion and, yeah. and, I, and I needed it more than I knew that I needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew I knew enough to ask you. I knew enough to talk to you about it. And I knew enough right. to to receive it. And I think that's one of the important things about recovery people and help people. You got you got to you gotta you gotta maximize when you're in that little opening, because we're like a we're like a roulette wheel. We got one number, and then when it lands on that number, you gotta maximize that moment when you want it. And you better get the right people on the phone when you want it. And, and right. tell them, I need it right now. I need it, but you better come get me right now. You better help me right now because in five minutes from now, I'm going to say I don't need it anymore. 
right. you know, and, and that's the problem with diseases like this, with illnesses like this, is that you got to you got to you got to strike in a moment's notice. And if you don't, then you got to wait around for more destruction to happen before you can strike again. And, and, and that's a hard thing. But when he says love more, they're at that's what he's talking about. He's talking, you got you got to be loving and compassionate, because when that moment happens, if you're so busy being angry and frustrated with them, when that moment comes, you're not going to believe them. You're not going to take them at the word, and therefore you're not going to pick them up. You're not going to hold them up. And then right. and that that could have been that moment. That was that moment. You know, we fail a lot. And, yeah, I think one thing, and I think one thing too. You, but you, there's a lot of people got to you got to take advantage of the people that are real. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that are real, that are right there. You know, in the midst of the trenches with you. You know, if they're there with you, those are the people that you want to. Uh, take advantage of those situations when they're trying to help you because they're trying, they're truly trying right. to help you. Yep. I'm into that. Now, now before we leave, look, one last thing from Marissa, you know, Marissa came to the golf tournament last year. She put a, this on, <laughs> on Facebook live. She'll be here again, by the way, look, she put at airport for Arizona. They made an announcement that all Mets fans are VIP and all Yankee fans. Take your hats off at the airport. <laughs> LOL. She says she thought Daryl was here. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh my maybe he was i mean i've been in the airport where you walked right by me and it's like whoa daryl what's up man you know we, we cross paths all the time you know we're both delta guys so right so we, we cross paths uh you know Trinity, so anyway. we got, glad you're doing well too brother good to see yeah, you yeah yeah thank you well. thank you appreciate yeah. it yeah. thank you yeah, yeah. You, need, you need to do one of them private prayer sessions with <laughs> trinity on the on a, off the air so you can get that trinity i'm telling you man it was, <laughs> it's powerful man it's powerful yeah. trinity i'm i bet yeah. All right, everybody. So, so Daryl, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you after this real quick for a few minutes. I gotta talk to you about some big, you know, some uh, tournament stuff. Uh, okay. I'll just take a few minutes of your time. But as far as for the show here on 1680 AM, right here, WOKB 1680 and 100.7 FM. Uh, you know, uh, Trinity, any last words that you gotta say before we sign off? Now that you know better, do better. Daryl, any last words you want to say to the people here in Orlando, Central Florida, anybody watching this on YouTube or otherwise? Don't give up. Don't quit. The miracle is waiting for you. All right. Amen. And thank you all, Daryl. Thank you, Dharma Guy, and all of you listening and following us today. Adios, amigos. It's time for a taco. Take it away, Shaw. Bye. Bye.